0: Programs And welcome back to the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. So it's been a few weeks since we've been here. I have missed it so much. I've missed all you people, and I've missed you, Derek. Well, not really, because I got actually got to see you in person. But yeah. <laughs> I was going to say we
1: hung out last weekend. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's nice to be back. I know we've taken a couple of weeks off. You were out of town at Disney. We were both at Pensacon last weekend. So, uh, it's good to be back. I've, I've missed doing this. You know, it's it was even a little odd trying to get back into the routine of things. I woke up this morning. I was you know doing a couple of things around the house, and I was like, oh crap. We've got to record tonight, so but no, it's it, it's good it's good to be back. I know the if the sound quality is a little different and the video is different, I do apologize. I uh, I left my laptop at work on Friday, Ooh. and rather than make the twenty minute drive to go downtown to pick it up and then twenty minutes to drive back, I was like, you know what, I'll just I'll just use the desktop. So I,
0: I don't believe it,
1: it's it's all good.
0: But uh, but yeah, we had, a, we had an action-packed few weeks, man. Like you said, I went to Disney uh, the first week that we were off. And then the next, actually last weekend, both of us were uh, at Pensacon in Pensacola, which was fantastic as usual. Uh, and we talked about it on the Pop Culture Palette that Pensacon has definitely outgrown its venue. And they seriously need to do something about that. Not Pensacon, but the city of... Pensacola needs to address the problem because it's it was chaos when i was there
1: yeah yeah it's it's been that way the last couple of years but this year especially with an estimated you know increase of several thousand in attendance yeah you know it's it's one of those things that the city really needs to look into getting a multi-use convention center, not just for Pensacon, but to have concerts and other events come in town as well, because oh, yeah. the base, the base center is over 30 years old and the condition of the place is not great. It, 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 you get a couple of decent concerts a year and Pensacon. And, and that's really about it. Other than the independent league hockey that we have. Yeah. Uh, it it really needs to happen, you know. I mean, they've already said that Pensacon 2019 is going to be back at the base Center, which is great and all, but it it just needs to happen. Yeah, it really it does. To. You know, when we 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 were talking about it when we went to to McGuire's that Saturday night, you know, I I could even tell on Friday with how chaotic things were that I was like, the, the, this just needs to happen. And nice. there there's a couple of places in town where you could build it, but. Dealing with the city, and I can tell you from past experience with you know the job that I have, because the stadium I work at is not owned by the team, it's owned by the city. Yeah. So if we even want to get like the windows changed out in the press box, we have to go through the city to do it, and it's not the easiest process in the world. So I can't even imagine the delegation
0: with trying to build a brand new building. Well, not only that, but everything's so compact in the downtown area, it's like, where are they going to build it? There, there's no empty property anywhere. And if you rebuild another facility right there at the same spot, you still have the same problem of, you know, the size. It, you can't get much bigger than what it already is because it's sandwiched in between, mm-hmm. you know, an interstate and the, the city streets and the parking lots and, uh, you know, the grand hotel. So it's just a logistics issue. I mean, I, I don't think they ever expected Pensacon to be as big as it is. I mean, it deserves to be as big as it is because it is a really good convention to go to. Uh, Really quality Mm -hmm. guests, great panels, uh, you know, a film fest, and all this stuff is so spread out over the city that it's impossible to see everything that you want to see. You know, even if you're there for three days, I mean, you could be, you know, you want to see one panel, here at, at the the grand but the next panel is in 10 minutes but it's a, you know across town uh at the sanger and it's like how how are you going to get to all the stuff that you want to see it's just it's physically impossible yeah
1: and it's it's just what they have to do you know with the space limitations it's the best they can really do and i i think they've made the best of the situation but there's really nowhere else in town that they could use. That's yeah. in close vicinity to the base center. I mean, maybe vinyl, but they normally save that for you know the Friday or Saturday night after party. Yeah. So I don't know if you if they would be able to really use vinyl for panel space. Hmm. So they've they've really kind of maxed out. But yeah, you know, all in all, it was still it was still a fun weekend. I got to do a couple of cool interviews. Uh, for my show, uh, the Derek Diamond Experience, got to interview Claudia Gray, who's a Star Wars author, wrote Bloodline and uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. That episode is out now. And this Thursday, I'll be releasing my interview with Mystery Science Theater three thousand writer Bill Corbett, <laughs> yes. who is also the voice of Crow.
0: Oh, and a both couple are of really weeks fun ago, interviews. A couple of weeks Go ago, ahead. you did an interview with Mr. Charles Martinet, who is the voice of Mario. And you and I both mm-hmm. managed to get uh, some Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, very large posters of Super Mario Brothers 3 signed by Mr. Charles Martinet.
1: And I know you were kind of on the fence about it, but I, I was glad that you broke down and did it because. You know what chance are you gonna get I know. <laughs> to have a Mario Brothers three poster signed by the voice of Mario himself? Because
0: Derek got one first, and I was like, nah, I don't really, I don't want to spend any more money. You know, what I mean, after Disney, and then uh, you know having to get a hotel for Pensacon, and, and and Tina got um uh, a, a couple of uh, autographs and stuff. Um, Adrian Barbeau, she got an autograph from her and i really and we got a couple of pop figures and um, you know i really didn't want to spend any more money i was like man this is the voice of mario like this is the the guy who you know i he's been the voice of mario like over half of my life ever since
1: ever since mario has had a voice yeah. it's been done by the same guy
0: so I, I was kind of on the fence about it, and and Derek was like, you know, go, you know, I'll I'll get it for you. I'm like, no, I don't want you to, have to spend the money on me. And <laughs> and Tina finally was just like, look, you never spend any money on yourself. So let's just just do this because you know you're gonna hem and haw about it, and then you're gonna be so disappointed that you didn't do it afterwards. I was like, you know what, you're right. So I went right back in there. Got my poster, got it signed, and I, and I was like a little kid on Christmas, man. I was just like hopping out, I'm like I'm so happy. <laughs> so shout out to Tina for yeah.
1: convincing you to, to get the poster.
0: And um, but, but yeah. uh, tell everybody about the uh, the survey panel. Oh, it was great, man. Um, and we watched the movie. And uh, everybody seemed to enjoy it, and um, we had a really great panel, lots of good questions. And uh, as far as I know, Derek here got the audio from it, so we may hear that sometime in the future if the audio came out good, because I know that the other panel rooms were were kind of loud while we were up there, but I was hoping that the mics didn't pick that up.
1: Well, what I did was I plugged my Zoom recorder into the actual sound system that was you know designated for you guys specifically and i'll just sync that up with the video that i shot so awesome the the audio the audio quality will be good cool is a little little trick i learned at work so yeah anytime i record audio for a panel i've got to plug right into the the system otherwise you know because the the rooms basically to give everybody a visual is the grand ballroom is just one giant room that's separated into 3 for the panels and they're separated by just very thin walls that are yeah. just put up you know that weekend so you can hear everything that's going on in the mm. next room over
0: and but course,
1: I, the the audio turned out good.
0: Yeah, they were doing sci-fi speed dating in the room next door, so it was extremely loud. <laughs> but yeah. uh, well, we think Just, you guys some will. point you'd hear. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> we think you guys will enjoy it. So keep an eye out on the, uh, the our Twitter at Nerd Retro, and we'll let you guys know when that gets released. Because uh, I'm excited to see it, and because um, you know when you're up there, you're kind of not really thinking about much but you know i'd like to actually watch it as a spectator so so I, I can't wait for that to come out
1: and uh we'll we'll talk about this off air but we might have a survey themed episode of the Derek diamond experience
0: in the works that'd be awesome stone. yes <laughs> but uh enough about that let's go ahead and we got a lot of news to cover so let's go ahead and move into the yes we the news do for this week As if Atari is not doing uh enough of weird shit lately, and sorry for the <laughs> the language. Uh this is from Forbes.com. Atari is launching its own cryptocurrency, Atari Token, because of course it is. Uh, Atari remains one of the most perplexing brands in gaming, a shell of its former self shuffled around between buyers for years, yet still trying to stay relevant by any means necessary. Latest plan, hop on the cryptocurrency bandwagon. Atari is launching its own cryptocurrency called the Atari Token. Uh, Everything else uh, seems to be rather out there. Uh, and I'm not going to read this whole quote, it was all about the blockchain technology and all that kind of stuff, and the Atari, Here, I'll just kind of paraphrase it. Um, Given our technological strengths with the development studios and the global reputation of the Atari brand, which I don't know if it's all that... Has that good of a reputation. But we have the opportunity to position ourselves attractively in this sector. Sure you do. Our objective is to take strategic positions with a limited cash risk in order to optimize the assets and the Atari brand. Uh, using that word brand because of everybody knows who Atari is. Look, go to any kid under the age of 20 and ask them what Atari is and they will look at you with a blank look. Atari is not the name that it used to be. I'm sorry, but... Cryptocurrency is... A huge scam. (laughs) I'm sorry, but it is. You know, uh, please look, I, I'm somewhat of a financially smart person. I was actually going to get my securities license a while back, but everything started to kind of take off and I didn't get to do that. So I do know about financial stuff. If you're going to f- go in for f- investing and stuff, don't go for the quick buck. Go for the, uh, the slow and steady. Uh, you know, invest slowly. Don't you know, don't put all your eggs eggs in one basket. If you want to know about, if anybody out there is thinking about getting into cryptocurrency, don't DM me and I will tell you how to invest smartly. <laughs> so, and and actually speaking of that, for tonight's Audible read, I'm going to suggest uh, a book called "The Richest Man in Babylon," which is a book that before I read this book, it made me really think differently about money. It woke me up to what money could be for me uh so it's a it's a very good book to read if you don't know anything about finances just read that book and it kind of opens you up to the world of investing so that's all i gotta say don't atari what are you doing i mean this is just this is stupid i don't know what you you think about this My only
1: two things that I have, because I I think you put it very eloquently, this is the greatest title to an article I've ever read because, of course, it is. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll hop on the cryptocurrency bandwagon. I mean, we might as well. I will sum up my thoughts with just a simple one-worded question. Why? Yeah. Why? Why would you do this? I, I see no logical reason why they should do this. I mean, I feel like they think that their brand is still relevant today when it hasn't really been since the '80s. No, and, I, I just, they, I don't, I don't get it. it. It makes no logical sense to me.
0: They can't even get their newest console out. Uh, it, it. Yeah, like they, they, they can't even get it out and they're wanting to jump into cryptocurrency like what is going on
1: yeah I I just don't understand it at all I don't it's, know. it's really dumb uh, well, but moving on to, to our on. next story <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next story comes from avclub.com chrono trigger just showed up on steam but it's a mess First, some good news. Square Enix just put out a surprise Steam release of Chrono Trigger, a stone-cold Super NES classic and one of the most revered games of all time. And now some bad news, it looks like trash. Like a lot of Square's classic games, Chrono Trigger has found its way to plenty of platforms over the years. This is the first time it's appeared on PC, but the Steam release seems to be a repurposed dump of the version Square brought to smartphones, blown up to fit a computer monitor and given some prerequisite support for game controllers. The hard looking menus visible even in the game's trailer are the biggest giveaways. The simple NES generated fonts and text boxes of the original are replaced with a background and font that looks straight out of Microsoft Word and badly clash with the game's twenty-three year old graphics. I'll
0: be honest, I haven't even seen I, I a video of this, but I mean if it's just a port of the, the mobile version, like why not just use the original ROM and upgrade it for PC? Exactly. This why, makes no you would sense. you support the mobile version,
1: I have absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. And this is, you know, I was looking up, um, I was reading a list on IGN of the most popular SNES games of all time. This game was number two wow. out of 100. The only game that beat it was Link to the Past. It beat out F-Zero, Mario World so many other iconic games and I've never played this game before, but I do, do want to at some point so I can do a review of it because it's a game that for some reason I just never played actually, as a kid, but I, I, I just, just don't
0: understand why you would do. Go ahead. I was going to say, I actually just got um, a, a version of this um, for, em, for uh, on an emulator that I got and, um, so I actually started playing it a little bit the other night. I, I didn't get too far into it, maybe like 20 minutes or so. But if you get a, a copy of it and start playing, I'd like to actually get into it too, and we could do a dual review of this game. Because this is, uh, you know, I, I never played it before, um, but it's definitely up there on like the top list of greatest Super Nintendo games of all time. Yeah, if you beat out Mario World, that's yeah. that's saying a lot.
1: So I, my my just my biggest thing is why would you take the mobile version and port it over to Steam? <laughs> why not just take the SNES ROM? Laziness, I don't and know. <laughs> tweet the graphics a bit. Yeah. I don't know, people are stupid. Uh.
0: But our next story uh, is a little bit cooler uh, from nintendolife.com. Hyperkin's new Superboy has superior colored buttons and a 4.3 screen option. The best portable SNES just got better. And I don't know if you took a look at this thing, but it looks Awesome. Uh, the Hyperkin Superboy mm-hmm. has already been revised once, resulting in 2016 Superboy S, but the company isn't done with the machine yet. The Superboy SFC is the latest variant and brings with it some notable upgrades. The most welcome is the ability to toggle between a 16.9 and 4.3 aspect ratio. Uh, see, uh, the picture stretched to fit the widescreen display, making games look a bit odd. Um, That was for the Superboy S. But the Hyperkin has taken this feedback on board and come up with a solution for the new model. A proper 4.3 screen would have been preferable. The first model had one, but we imagine the move to 16.9 panel is related to the fact that these are available cheaply, whereas very few devices use 4.3 screens these days. Uh, Second biggest change relates to the buttons. They're now multicolored to match the scheme supported by the Super Famicom and European SNES. Uh, elsewhere there's a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack adjustable brightness two SNES controller ports on the front which looks really cool uh, an av output and hyperkins patent pin perfect cartridge slot technology and this is uh, i'm not gonna lie gonna this launch. thing looks pretty bad it's badass. gonna launch on march 9th so i don't know about you but i would love to get my hands on one of these yeah it looks badass I would love to get my hands
1: on one of these things. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much it is. So you're you're say... basically. Uh, let's see. It doesn't say. Uh, you can pre order. Let's see if this link says anything. Da, da, da. As my computer takes forever to load. Yeah, this just takes uh, me to 100
0: pounds. Article. 100 pounds. So, roughly what? Like 130 bucks American? Uh, give me a second and I'll tell you. Uh, the machine can be ordered direct. It will direct... be $138. Uh, well it says here the machine can be ordered direct from the Stone Age Gamer Store and retails for seventy-four ninety-nine. Hmm. Hmm. I might have to pick cool. this up hell yeah cuz it it does have a cartridge slot on the back and it's beefy too like you look at the picture of this actually in someone's hand like it's the si- it's about the size of a switch yeah. so and a little bit thicker so i might have to pick one of these up this looks awesome for sure oh what is that stop auto playing whatever you are <laughs> stupid autoplay I hate when that happens. Get it through your thick head. Uh, or less. Last... Uh, <laughs> nobody wants autoplaying <laughs> videos on your webpage, so just stop.
1: Our last news story comes from nytimes.com. Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck-It Ralph 2 gets a trailer. Yes. Move over, Kim Kardashian. Wreck-It Ralph is heading online. Disney has just released the first teaser trailer for the sequel to the Oscar-nominated 2012 cartoon. John C. Riley returns as the voice of Ralph, a former video game villain trying to go good, with Sarah Silverman reprising her sidekick Penelope Von I can't pronounce her last name Sweets. This time the former arcade characters Sweets, yes. This time the former arcade characters are invading the internet a la Tron, another Disney property. They learn about new terms like Wi-Fi, which Ralph mispronounces wifey, <laughs> and sites like eBay where a black velvet painting of a sad kitten is being auctioned off. Uh there's no sight nor sound yet of Yes, a new character who heads up the cutting edge website BuzzTube, but perhaps we'll see and hear from her when Disney releases a longer trailer closer to the sequel's release. I don't know about you, but I was a huge fan of Wreck It Ralph. I didn't get to see it in theaters, unfortunately, but you know, I watched it on Blu-ray. I-, I loved the concept of it. I thought, you know, the character of Ralph was great. It was cool having the cameos from Kubert, from Sonic, other classic characters. You know, it, it it proves that you can do a movie based off of even if it's not a original video game. You know, you can still it can be done right. Yeah. And I'm really really excited. The movie comes
0: out uh, this Thanksgiving, so uh, I'm really excited for it. I thought the trailer was great, uh, and and the part with the little girl playing the 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 game where she feeds the uh, the bunny rabbit and the kitten. <laughs> that, just, that actually made me laugh out loud when I was watching that. So I loved the first Wreck-It Ralph. And I'll be honest, I went opening weekend and it, it was like me and Tina and like maybe four other people in the theater um, watching it on opening weekend. So I really don't remember it. I don't remember it doing well enough to get a sequel, but I guess it did. It might have been one of those you know, movies that do well on video. Yeah, probably. Because I loved it. And I'm I'm glad there's a part two coming out. I'm really excited for it. Me too. I'll go opening weekend for sure. Uh, but let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. Why is my pipe not playing? There it is. Uh, on March 5th of 1981... Timex releases the Sinclair Research ZX81 in the UK, which is significantly less expensive than other computers on the market. I had no idea Timex made a computer. I thought they were just watches. Same here. I'm looking
1: at the ZX81, and it looks looks just like a keyboard.
0: Yeah, I think that's all it is. Does hmm. it? I've never Oops. heard of this thing. I don't know. This is weird. I'll have to research it some more.
1: Let's see. It looks like it's got a slot for one of my favorite pieces of ancient technology—the floppy disk. Oh yeah,
0: and the big floppy disk too, not the little three and a half inch. Yeah. Interesting. Oh,
1: I've never heard of that before. But
0: no, that—that's
1: a—that's actually that would be a good trivia question. Oh. You know, what what watch company has also made a video game console? Wow. Or a computer. That,
0: that is a good trivia question. I have to remember that one.
1: In March of 1985, Tekon releases Gridiron Fight, an American football sports game featuring the use of dual trackball controls.
0: I remember this video game, but I don't think I ever played it. I was never a big sports fan, game fan. The name sounds very
1: familiar, but I didn't really get into playing sports games until like I was in high school. Oh, this is... So, uh, I
0: I know... Go ahead. Oh, Taekwon Limited uh, is the former name of Tecmo, so apparently they turned into Tecmo. So, I wonder if American Football Arcade actually kind of maybe turned into uh, Tecmo Bowl at some point. could be. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. On March 8th of 1990, the Nintendo World Championships begin. Oh, if I could have been at the Nintendo Championships, that would have been awesome. Oh my God, that would have been like a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, It says, The first competition launched in 1990, Touring 29 cities across the United States, it was based upon its namesake custom game cartridge for the NES, considered to be the most valuable NES cartridge ever released, and one of the rarest. On June 14, 2015, the second Nintendo World Championships event took place for its 25th anniversary, as part of Nintendo's E3 2015 coverage. Uh, third edition of the Nintendo World Championships was held on October 7th, 2017 with qualifiers taking place from August 19th, 2017 uh, 2017 through September 10th. Um, I didn't I don't remember them having two other I mean I kn- I remember them having another world championship uh, not too long ago, but I didn't know there was two of them.
1: I remember the one back in 2015, but I forgot they did one last year. Which is weird because 2017 is more recent. But I think if not this year, if next year they do a Nintendo World Championship, we should participate.
0: Oh, yeah. Just out of curiosity, too, I'm going to look up the uh, Nintendo World Championship on eBay. See if anybody has one for sale. Uh, let's see. No, nobody has one for sale. Are you um, talking about the cartridges? Yeah, cuz last time I checked, I thought they were going for like around I think the last time I checked, it, I I could be mistaken, but I think it was around $30,000 for the one of the original cartridges. Wow. Like it was ridiculous what they were asking for it.
1: That's insane. Uh, even I even just repro, want to keep
0: even a repro cartridge is one hundred nine dollars. Good lord! Wow. <laughs> I'd love to get my that hands on an original insane. though. That would because uh, they had remember they had the two different cartridges. They had the gray ones and then they had uh, the gold ones. I think it was the gold one that went for for thirty, if I'm not mistaken. Because only the gold ones were given away in Nintendo Power. Am I correct in saying that? I believe so, yes. Cuz there were only like 30 of them made. And that's why they're so expensive.
1: Well, I'm reading I'm reading some info here about the 2015 World Championship. It said the final contest consisted of custom levels within the then unreleased Super Mario Maker. Oh. And the final level the two finalists raced simultaneously to the end where John Numbers won the championship title. Games Radar said that numbers demonstrated impulsive mastery of the Super Mario Maker levels, which were hellish, sadistic, <laughs> evil, and truly weird. Nice. <laughs> like, I, I've watched some videos of some levels that were made on Mario Maker, and it is ridiculous. Yeah. Like it it, it just caught co- it I didn't even play it and it gave me anxiety. <laughs> uh, that's how that's how crazy it looked.
0: Oh, here we go. Uh, but- let's see, the um, Nintendo World Championships competition was based on a custom NES cartridge by the same name. 90 copies of this cartridge exist as the official gray cartridge given to finalists after the championships concluded. Another 26 copies exist in gold, um, like the Legend of Zelda cartridge, and were given as prizes in a separate contest held by Nintendo Power Magazine. Uh, The Nintendo World Championships game cartridge is considered the most valuable NES cartridge ever uh, with collectors and charities having paid more than $15,000 per copy. Wow. That's more than my car. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same
1: here. Jesus. Yeah. That is insane.
0: Uh, but um but let's go but ahead to close and close out oh oh yeah we got one more sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> my bad yeah so so to close out this month in video
1: game history in March of 1991 Taito releases Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade for big breath to do this DOS <laughs> Amiga Amstrad CPC, Atari ST, Commodore 64, Game Boy, NES, Sega Master System, Mega Drive/Genesis, Sega Game Gear, MSX,
0: and <laughs> ZX Spectrum.
1: So, aka, all of the consoles.
0: All of the consoles at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a lot of consoles. I never played man. this game,
1: but but. Definitely have a pick of the litter to choose from between yeah, what I, you want to play it on.
0: I don't remember this coming out either. I looked this up on Wikipedia, and um, the only Indiana Jones game that I remember coming out was there was one for the Atari. I don't remember there being one on the NES, but apparently all three movies were made into a to NES games, and then they had uh, the Indiana Jones... Um, Uh, Classic Adventures, I think it was called, for the Super Nintendo, which was uh, a lot like Mm -hmm. um, the Star Wars games by Lucasfilm. But I don't remember these at all for the Nintendo.
1: No, the only Indiana Jones game I remember is the Lego game, Yeah, and I only briefly played it. I had no idea they made any of
0: the the movies into games. Yeah, I, I didn't either. But I do remember that they had put one out for the Atari and it was ridiculously hard because you didn't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of like, you know, E.T. where like a lot of uh, vague descriptions of things you had to do in the game. So I I really didn't get into Atari stuff all that much. I like the simple Atari games like Space Invaders and Millipede, things like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's go ahead no, and I move agree. into our mid-roll here, we'll let Derek tell you about how to uh, how to go about helping the show by giving us money through Audible.
1: <laughs> so for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I mentioned at the top of the show that I got to chat with Claudia Gray, who is a famous Star Wars author at Pensacon this past weekend. So my recommendation for this week is Star Wars Bloodline, written by Claudia Gray. It's uh, the, the thing that's cool about that story is that it deals with the almost immediate aftermath of you know the Republic trying to reform after the fall of the Empire in Return of the Jedi and Leia being a huge part of that. You really get to go inside Leia's head to see how she's dealing with the struggle of trying to bring the political scene back to form um, after, you know, basically the reign of a terrorist organization. And, you know, there there are some pretty big points that happen that I I won't spoil for those who haven't read the book, but there's a very big wow moment, excuse me, that happens towards the end of the book, and the dominoes just fall from there. it's, It's a bit of a long read, but once that moment happens... It gets really, really good.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. Like the first half of the book is a very much a slow burn, but then once the, you know, the cat, the this huge moment you speak of, once that happens, the book really takes off. And um, I do yourself a favor if you haven't listened to this book, go get it on Audible and use our code. It's I I highly recommend it, especially if you're a Star Wars fan.
1: Yeah, it's definitely worth the credit. And it's, you know, you get your time out of it, too. So, oh, uh, But absolutely. in addition to that, they've got books on, you know, fiction, nonfiction, mystery, sci-fi, romance. As we've mentioned, Star Wars, they have gaming books from Halo, Gears of War, Mass Effect, World of Warcraft. Any genre you can think of, Audible has. And if you're always on the go like I am, Audible is a great service to have to be able to continue to read without having to sit down and read a physical book. So if you want to do that, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and
0: 30-day free trial. And tonight we're talking about... Contra, distributed as Grizor or Grizor, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, in Europe and Oceania, is a nineteen eighties 1987 run and gun action game developed and published by Konami, originally released as a coin-operated arcade game on February 20th, 1987. A home home version, which is what we'll be talking about tonight, was released for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1988, along with ports for various computer formats, including the MSX2. The home versions were localized in the PAL region as Grisor on the various computer formats and as Probotector on the NES, released later. Uh, Several Contra sequels were produced following the original game. Um, I actually uh, streamed myself playing this last night, or the night before, or Friday night, I mean, uh, and I did use the the Konami code. I had played it a couple times before streaming it, um, but I never finished the game, and I actually got to the final boss while I was streaming the other night, and I died, and I didn't have any more continues, so... I tried again last night but I wasn't streaming it and I actually finished the game. <laughs> of course I wasn't streaming it at the time. So I'm going to have to go back and 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 stream it uh one night this week so that I can prove to everyone that I can beat Contra <laughs> even though I have to use the Konami code to do so. Um but it's this is probably you know I, we did Super C uh, about a year ago, I guess. Um, probably last summer, sometime I did Super C. Uh, because the reason I did part two first is because I didn't have the first game because it's hard to find game actually. Lately, I haven't really been able to find it anywhere. So I actually got an emulator uh, and played the original Contra, and it still holds up to this day, man. It is NES perfection, and I don't know what you would think about that, but. That that's that's my stance.
1: Yeah, that's the general. Because I've never played this game before, but I I was reading a couple of reviews about it in preparation for tonight, and a lot of people say that you know this game still holds up. You know, let's see, it's now you know thirty years since it's been released. Yeah, it, it's one of those games that you know it's up there when you when you say name me five games for the original nintendo 9 times out of 10 contra is going to be on that list yeah
0: well it was one of the first games that you could actually play two player and have that sort of like you know really awesome co-op experience with another person um you know because it is a uh, it, it's a side scroller but also it did something really different for the time there was a sort of a, a pseudo kind of first person view uh when you would go down the hallways at the end of each level um you know you go through the the side scrolling 2D platforming parts and then you kind of go into these uh you know the 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 bad guy hideouts or whatever and then it turns into a first person view um which is sort of like a almost like a shooting gallery sort of um you know aesthetic to it where you know, there's a lot of ducking and jumping to, because you got a lot of bullets and stuff flying at you. You got to shoot, uh, you know, guns off the walls, and there's dudes running past, and then you've got to like destroy the walls to get through. Uh, and then you, once you get through all that, then you get to the final big boss at the end of each level. Um, and there's what seven levels to the game. Uh, well let, let me tell you a little bit about the 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 story of the the game The plot is in twenty six thirty three the evil red Falcon organization have set a base in the galuga archipelago near New Zealand am I saying that right Archipelago never known how to say that word <laughs> i mean, that that would be my guess in New Zealand in a plot to conquer the world two commandos. Uh Bill Riser and what is that PFC? Is that private or I'm not sure what that is. PFC. PFC, uh, Bill Riser, and I'll PFC uh Lance Bean of the Contra Unit, an elite group of soldiers specializing in guerrilla warfare, are sent to the island to destroy the enemy forces and uncover the true nature of the alien entity controlling them. And going through this game, especially towards the very last level, once you get to the actual uh, alien hideout, how this game did not get sued by the uh, by like uh, the p- people who did aliens, like was um, H.R. Giger and um, of course uh, Ridley Scott, like how in the hell? they didn't get sued by all those people cuz this game just like the last level and a half just turns into aliens literally like it it is it's the best <laughs> version video game version of aliens you will ever play because there's like you know there's the queen mother alien there are face huggers there are giant uh what do they call xenomorphs that you have to fight that shoot these mm-hmm. like shrimp looking aliens at you, it's aliens is what it is. I mean, you're playing you know Hicks and Hudson in the last you know level of the game. So I, I don't know if anybody else catches that other than me. I mean, even the box art. Look at the box art. It, it's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator that they ripped off for the cover, yeah. and then there's a, straight up an alien in the background. Like, how did they get away with that? Uh, I
1: have no idea. But <laughs> just to answer your earlier question, PFC stands for Private First Class.
0: Private First Class. I should probably know that, but I'm not a military guy, so I don't know that stuff. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> but uh, it was released in 1988 for the NES, and uh, I do remember uh, many times renting this game and taking it over to friends' houses uh, and having friends that actually had this game as well, because I mean, who didn't have this game for the n e s or, or at least knew somebody that had this game back in the day um and there were many many sleepovers had in the eighties as a kid playing you know contra with your friends, and we didn't know the Konami code at the time, so we were just playing you know with three lives and getting as far as we could and I don't I, I heard this before but somebody said something about contrast like it goes from the hardest game you've ever played and once you put the konami code in it it, it goes to the easiest game you've ever played because you, you know I I didn't realize exactly when you have that many lives and you kind of know you know it's been a long time since I played this game but I can get through it pretty you know pretty well and I got through the whole game in like 24 minutes last night and I looked up some speed runs and there's uh, I think the fastest speed run is like a little over nine minutes so wow. it's it's not a long game at all
1: that was gonna be my my major question is you mentioned seven levels I was just wondering like how long those levels were and how long just the the game in general was.
0: Yeah, it it if you just go straight through you put in the konami code and you just go straight through the game. It'll take you roughly about 30 minutes to finish the game. Um because it, it's really I mean it's when you don't have the konami code it is a brutal game. But when you have some ga- so, you know mm-hmm. some lives to kind of play around with and just kind of just run through some areas, you know, you can get through it pretty quickly. Um but like i said this is it's just a you know it's a side scrolling shooter um you know it's it's got it got the first person uh areas in the game uh you know you have some some bosses are, are actually i think some of the earlier bosses in the game are much harder than the later bosses in the game and it kind of like the the levels of the game are easier in the beginning but the bosses are harder but then the further you get into the game the levels are actually a little bit easier but the or are harder but the bosses are easier it kind of flip flops like that um, it actually says something here. I just noticed this. The cover illustration of Ocean's or Ports by Bob Wakelin, and that's the guy who just passed away a few weeks ago, uh, was inspired by different poses mm-hmm. of actor Arnold Schwarzenegger from the film Predator. The illustration was later used for the packaging of the NES version as well as the MSX2 version. So, yeah, he did rip off Arnold in those pictures. <laughs>
1: Is there any point during the game where you have to get to the chopper? Uh,
0: actually, yes. The very end of the game, you got uh, it. Yes. You, you you kill the, the the main alien queen or whatever it is, and then you see a shot of the island and a chopper takes off. And that's I thought that same thing. I was like, <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> 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 it's awesome. Uh, that's so, the best line from that whole movie. When I when I stream the game this week and I actually finish, I'm gonna scream, get to the choppa at the end of the game just to <laughs> celebrate my victory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
0: But it it is like we, you know we both said it that this is one of the definitive Nintendo titles. Like this game is NES. I mean it has its flaws like any other Nintendo game but for the money if you find a version of Contra and hell even super c part 2 it's just as fun as this one um, you can't go wrong with the contra games uh, I really would like to do Contra 3 for the Super Nintendo I want uh, I'll round out my you know trifecta. Here soon, I'll do the, uh, the the Super Nintendo Contra 3, which I have played a little bit of it, and there's no code for that game, and it is brutal. So I might have to do some streaming and uh, see if I can get some help from some listeners to get me through some of these uh, levels. <laughs> but it's fun, man. If oh, you're out sure. there and you're listening to this show and you've never played Contra, it, it is so fun. It's an infinitely replayable. So I'm. That was the
1: general consensus yeah. that from the reviews that I read.
0: So out of a ten, this is getting a nine point five. Wow! So it, it it's That's right really up there. Yeah, That's it, awesome. as as one of my favorite Nintendo games of all time. Like it, it ranks up there with like Super, all the Super Mario Brothers, uh, you know, Star Tropics, Ninja Gaiden. Like this is the Contra is NES royalty in my book.
1: That's fantastic. I'll have to I have to play this game one day.
0: I wish we could play it together. I'd love to play it all the way through with another person. That would be fun. That would be fun. But uh, but that's gonna do it for me this week. Unless you got any questions about it.
1: Um. No, I think you answered pretty much anything that I was gonna ask about it. But you were talking about this game being NES perfection. Next week, I'll be reviewing a game that. Some consider to be N sixty four perfection. Hmm. So I went to the Nerd Cave Facebook page, as I do every so often. I put a poll out saying what game should I review next week, and in a landslide, Golden Eye won the poll. Wow! So I will be reviewing Golden Eye for the N sixty four. I have not played Golden Eye in a long time. I hope, but it's it holds one of up. the greatest N sixty four games of all time.
0: I hope it holds up because I can't tell you. How many like parties we had of just playing GoldenEye for like hours and hours and hours? Man, that game is so good. Mm-hmm. I hope it holds up yeah. and it doesn't suck. Because if you come back and say it sucks, I'm gonna be heartbroken.
1: Well, hopefully I won't have to be that guy. But <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm borrowing it from a friend this week, so I'll, I'll be playing through it throughout the week, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Well, awesome. Um, let's see. I do want to sh- give a shout out to a friend of mine, uh, Mr. Jared Seymour. Actually, earlier today, I helped him uh, do his first ever podcast. Um, he asked me to be on his first episode, um, uh, along with Anthony Patallo from the Pop Nutshell podcast. Um, it's called Brownwater Banter. Uh, it's not up yet, but I think you can actually go to Twitter. And follow. Um, let me see if he's got the Twitter page. I think it's at BrownwaterB. Let me make sure. At BrownwaterB. Yep, it's uh, it's actually up. Uh, it's at BrownwaterB on Twitter, and um, I think the show is going to be coming out probably in the next couple of weeks. So that'll be fun to go. Take a listen to that. Uh, as far as pop culture palette, we just released another episode this last weekend. Uh, we talked about uh, you know Mr. Kevin Smith having a heart attack last week, which was very, which kind of shook me to my core. <laughs> and uh, we talked yeah. about that a bit. Talked about my Disney trip, uh, Pensacon, and uh, just talked about a lot of stuff. So head over there, listen to our last episode at PCP Show and PCPRadio.com. and of course. Follow us here, me and Derek at Nerd Cave Retro. And if you want to watch me badly play some Nintendo games, you can follow me on twitch.tv slash jfunktastic and uh, check out on uh, Twitter when I'm going to be streaming. So, Derek, what do you have coming up?
1: Well, as I mentioned earlier, I released uh, my interview with Claudia Gray this past Thursday on the Derek Diamond Experience. This week, I'll be releasing my Bill Corbett interview. Uh, what's crazy is the following week, I will hit the four-year anniversary of doing my solo show, which it, it wow. seems like, you know, <laughs> on some, on one end, it seems like it just started yesterday, and then another end, it, it seems like it happened a lifetime ago. So yeah. for that, I'll probably be doing uh, a Facebook Live AMA. I haven't done one of those in a while. Uh, and I, I'll drop this little tease, and Jason knows about it, but in August, I will be celebrating 200 episodes. And if you're a fan of the Comedy Central roast, you'll enjoy episode 200. And that's all I'm going to say about that. That's going to be so
0: good. But now, <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm already getting nervous about it. But um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at D Diamond Podcast. Also on Instagram, every week I post a one minute preview of that week's Uh, episode, and also on Facebook at D D Diamond Podcast. You can see all my uh, Facebook Live roundtables, interviews, and uh, AMAs that I've done there as well. So, You can follow me on all the social medias.
0: Uh, And also next week, uh, Derek's going to be out of town in two weeks. So we're actually going to be recording two episodes next week. One of next week's episode and then the week after. So if you're interested in getting the show a week before it actually releases... Uh, check us out here on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash and we'll record both episodes back-to-back. And one of those episodes is, is going to be, you know, we're going to hold on to it for a week. So if you're interested in getting it a week before everybody else, join us here to watch it live, and uh, you will get it before anybody else. A live exclusive, I like it. I like it. Uh, so I think that's going to just about do it. Let me go ahead and play our music here. Uh, if you would like to fu- uh, email us, you can email us at NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. We're at NerdCaveRetro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro, at JFunktastic, and at Derek underscore Diamond. And you can get a hold of us on Facebook at Facebook.com NerdCaveRetro. So Derek, tell them what it's all about. May the way
1: of the hero lead to the Triforce. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.